TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. On June 3rd, the Indians were 29 and 30 and 11 and a half games out of first. And since that time, they've gone and cut six games off the Twins' lead. You know, they're 12 games above 500. And yet, that probably makes the decisions even tougher because what do you say to your fans if you start trading pieces during this hot spell? And yet, in reality, if you know you're not good enough, you can't really stay status quo. So they're, they're, in, a, they're in a tough spot right now in that regard. And they know the Twins are going to be good for the foreseeable future. That was Tom Hamilton, the voice of the Indians, joining us in Hour 1 of the Score North First Place Twins show, live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes. The magic number is 69. I'm Rami Makloff, Manny Hill on the other side of the glass. Judd Zolgad is out. Phil Mackey jumps in. Hello, Mr. Mackey. Gentlemen, I, uh, I, I just... I feel so good being on the Bumble Bus right now. It's a fun just, bus. Yeah, it's, it's a fun ride. It's a little, it's a little more turbulent and on was, this ride than it was the last time I was on the Bumble Bus. It was hard to get on because this bus doesn't stop because the brakes have been cut. We had to like airlift you into the Bumble Bus. Well, it was actually. Uh, I, I know you had your eyes on the road, so you didn't see how I jumped onto the Bumble Bus. Yeah. You guys ever seen Mission Impossible where like Tom Cruise kind of shoots himself off of another vehicle yes. or a helicopter? <laughs> yes. That's I, that's how I joined the moving bomba bus today. That I was going to say, exciting. well done. I was going to say it was like speed because Judd brought up speed a few weeks ago, right? Remember they, they had Keanu Reeves on the police truck yep. and they had him jump on, you know, from another moving vehicle? Yeah. I was thinking it was like that. Yeah. Mackie is an action hero. But if you if you missed our conversation with Tom Hamilton, go back at uh, scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. The voice of the Indians joined us and really painted sort of a, a, a pretty bright picture for the, the, the Minnesota Twins as far as this AL Central race goes. And then not long after we hung up with Tom Hamilton, also in the first hour, Mackie, I came up with another one of my patented catchphrases. We were talking about... I love how you're calling them your patented catchphrases. My phrases. patented I feel like phrases. other people should determine whether they're patentable or not, but let's no, hear No, I'm let's just going to go ahead and say it's patented. Okay. Um, so we were talking about a ESPN Plus article that was proposing trades. It was purely reckless speculation, and one said that the Twins would get Bumgarner and Will Smith for Kirilov... Who was the other guy, Manny? Do you remember? Oh, Lewis Thorpe Lewis and Thorpe. two prospects outside of the outside top their 10. top outside the top ten. Was it okay? Mm-hmm. And I I said, yeah, go ahead, make the trade and plan the parade. Wow, make, make the, the trade, trade and plan, plan the parade. The parade. Dude, I love it. Put it on a T-shirt. <laughs> I love it. Actually, I'm gonna I'm, I'm in the middle of a tweet right now and I haven't hit send on it. Yeah. So uh, I'm on the Twin Show right now. Let me hold on. Let me put the proper tags in here. I'm uh-huh. on the. The Score North. Is there even enough characters for this? First place twin show. First place twin show. Live from Bomba Soda. Live from, hold on, in parentheses, live from Bomba Soda. The land of 10,000 rakes. Land of 10,000 rakes. Magic number is 69. I, I'm running out of characters now. <laughs> live from Score North twin show right now with a ranking of players. I'm going to give you guys a pecking order coming up here. Okay. Of players I want the twins to trade for in order. And what's the what's the uh, the hashtag again? Make the trade. Make the trade and plan the parade. And then another uh, should that all just be one? I think just one, right? Make just the one trade, hashtag. Plan the parade. It's kind of a make long the trade, hashtag. plan the parade. There it is. Okay. Do you want this pecking order? Yes. How badly do you want this? Pecking I want order? I want this pecking order badly. By the way, Bob Nightingale is going to join us to talk about some potential trade targets when he joins us at one twenty. But I want to hear your pecking order first, Phil Mackey. Let's fire it up, Manny Hill. 
I know it's a baseball-related pecking order here, but you can't do a pecking order on Score North without NFL without some NFL films music. music okay, yeah. so this is a list. I have a list of ten players in order. I'm going to count from ten to one that I think the Twins should trade for. Okay. Okay. All right. And we're going to start with it's it's kind of a combo platter at number ten, and I, I'm putting these guys at number ten because I just don't think there's any way it happens now. So I'm 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 putting two guys at number ten here, sort of leaving them off the list at the bottom. Trevor Bauer and Brad Hand, because first of all, the Indians might not trade those guys, and if they do trade those guys, it's probably not going to be to the team that they're like they're they would be hedging if they traded those guys while still kind of trying to make the playoffs. Sure. So they're not going to trade those guys to the Twins. In fact, I think for those guys to be traded to the Twins in the next three weeks, the Indians would have to tank. You know that's. That's a solid point. Again, going back to our conversation with Lewis with uh, Tom Hamilton, who said that he he doesn't see a situation where the Twins or the excuse me the Indians would be buyers before the trade deadline, but he doesn't think that they'll be sellers to the point where it's a total teardown and five year rebuild. So they they want to they want to sort of do the same thing that the Rays did, which yeah. is trade a a a piece before they lose him for nothing, but stay in contention in the division. So you're right that it probably doesn't make sense to trade Trevor Bauer within the division if they just want to reload real quick and make another run at it. So I've got those guys sort of 9 and 10, I guess, on okay. the list. Like they would be, it would be great, it would be awesome, but it's just it's not feasible in the next couple weeks based they, on the Indians getting hot. If they were just going to wave the white flag on the division for the next 3 to 5 years, yes. they might trade Trevor Bauer to you. But it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Exactly. All right, number 8 on this pecking order. Shane Green. Shane Green has turned into a really serviceable reliever for the Detroit Tigers. Mm-hmm. He's not the power strikeout guy that some others are going to be when we go further on this list. But you get a year and a half of team control. It's in the division, so you might have to pay an in-the-division tax. But again, the Tigers aren't... I don't think the Tigers, even though they have Miguel Cabrera on their team, I don't think they're looking to be relevant the next two or three years. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're if they were smart, they would trade almost everything for prospects and do what the White Sox did a couple years ago. Right. So, Poor Gardy. I know. Well, but he he signed up for it. He no, knew I what know. he was getting into. I know. He's not That's dumb. very true. He signed up for it. And they, they were hot out of the gate. Yeah. The only thing about Shane Green, I'm going to go a little bit baseball nerd on you guys here. Okay. So his ERA is 1.09, but his expected ERA, based on some of the peripheral numbers, shows he's more like a four ERA pitcher getting lucky in the first half of the season. That's so, a huge gap of luck, isn't it? From 109 to 4? Well, the the wider the gap, the more likely it is that he's sure. going to come back up toward yeah. toward that 4. So what I'm saying is, is he in line for a drop-off and you be getting the worst part of his season? It's something to be mindful okay. of. He's number 8 on my list. Gotcha. Number 7, this guy would have been way higher if not for elbow concerns. Ken Giles. You get a year and a half of team control. He's having the best season of his career. He's pitched in the biggest games you can possibly pitch in. This guy's pitched in World Series games. Right. He's pitched in game sixes, right? Couple things on that. His elbow flared up and he had to miss two weeks. And he's been mostly terrible in those big games he's pitched in. In fact, I think he was pulled as the closer in the I World like that Series. You cite his big game experience both as a strength and a weakness. That's the thing. Like, <laughs> his, right? like he's been there. That's good. But he sucks. That's bad. That's not good. So, I, and I'm not going to get too hung up on has a guy been there or not. Because, again, as we go down this list, there's a couple dudes who've never been in games like that that I would for sure be comfortable pitching in games like that. Right. But I don't know. Does it mean anything to you guys that Ken Giles has mostly gotten rocked in the playoffs the last three or four years? Such a small sample it's, size, right? It's it's a little bit of a concern, but I, I mean, 
I do think that there is a was, human... I still think it would be an upgrade. I do think there's a human element to postseason baseball that analytics can't account for, and that's how do you handle the pressure? Can you slow down your heart rate is an expression I hear often in that situation. And when you have a large sample size of a guy not performing on that stage, I think that that can mean something. But with a sample size so small, I tend to revert back to the larger sample size and how good of a player yeah. is this. I look at, like... Remember, remember when uh, Albert Pujols hit that big home run off of Brad Lidge in yes. that NLCS in 05? Yeah. And Brad Lidge was a mess for a couple of years right. after that. Yeah. And then he linked up with the Phillies and was lights out that entire season in 2008 en route to the Phillies winning the World Series that year. I think there's no doubt if Ken Giles, the regular season guy, and the guy that you've seen the first half of the year, his ERA was under one for the better part of the first two and a half months. Yeah. And he strikes out like 14 batters per night. He's, just, he's got absurd numbers across the board. You add that guy and he stays healthy and you get him for a year and a half. And it's a it's a game changer in your bullpen. For, for sure. sure. All yeah. right. Num- I have him higher on my list. Okay. I think I'd have. Well, let me hear the rest of your list. But just off the top of my head, I'd have him higher on my list. And like I said, he if it wasn't for the elbow, he probably would be higher. Like right. you'd probably have him above, above this next guy. Number six on my list. And again, if you're just joining us here on the First Place Scorner Twin Show, live from Bombasota, land of 10,000 rakes, where the magic number is 69. Thank you. Nice. Sean <laughs> Doolittle. Did I get that right? Yeah. Nice. Nailed okay, it. cool. Mm-hmm. Sean Doolittle is number six on my list of players the Twins should trade for. When he's healthy, which he's been the last couple years, mm-hmm. he's one of the most dominant relievers in baseball, and he wears rec specs. That's pretty That's pretty. The good. guy wears rec yeah, specs. Like, wouldn't cool. you want some dude with rec specs in the ALCS? Staring in for the sign. Just something intimidating There's about that. There's something both nerdy and intimidating at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Was Chris Sabo the first player to make Rex Specs cool? I think so. Probably, yeah. Okay. I think so. So, in addition to Rex Specs, Sean Doolittle has been closing games for the Nationals, who are currently five games over 500, which makes me a little nervous because I don't think they're ready to pull the plug yet. But if the Nationals no, go they're clawing slide, their way back into it. They are. So you'd have to root for the Nationals to slide down a peg, maybe go back to 500, and then they would be willing to trade Sean Doolittle. So he's number six on my list. All right. And I'm actually going to pull a shady move right now and save the last five for later in the hour. Wow. Nice. Wow. Because Jeez. gave we, you the first half, gave you a little taste. So, so the list to this point. Nine and ten are the Cleveland guys. Trevor Bauer and Brad Hand. They'd both be amazing additions. Uh, Trevor Bauer. You, you, I think Trevor Bauer is a year and a half of team control there too. So until he starts going on his one year uh, parade of contracts and free agency, Shane Green, Ken Giles, Sean Doolittle, and then I got a top five for you guys later on in the show. Twins players or players the Twins should trade for. Um, but I figure like I. The guy we're going to have on next probably knows a lot about. He can probably shed some light on this. He might change your pecking order because we're going to talk with Bob Nightingale of USA Today Sports, their Major League Baseball columnist, and uh, he's going to join us next. We're going to try and get a clearer picture of what the trade landscape might be as the trade deadline approaches. You're listening to the Score North First Place Twins Show live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes. Magic number is 69, and we're back after this on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. My baseball friends, Mackie here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Business owners, I'm talking to you, and I've been one myself. I know what goes into it. You love it, but you're grinding every day, solving problems, taking care of employees. It helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running a business. When you partner with Federated, you get more than just a policy. You benefit from over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. 
The Score North Twin Show. Have you guys ever wondered what it's like to be a twin? On Score North and scorenorth.com. What do you think of uh, Marcus Stroman, Joe? I think he's got great stuff. I think he's added to his repertoire with that cutter to complement his sinker and his breaking ball. I think he's a great competitor. I think he pitches with a lot of emotion. So mm -hmm. I think he's going to be a welcome addition to any club. That was Joe Girardi on MLB Network talking about Marcus Stroman. This is the Score North first place Twins show live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes. Magic number is 69. I'm Rami Makloff. Across from Phil Mackey, Manny Hill on the other side of the glass. And joining us now on the show from USA Today, pleasure to welcome in Bob Nightingale. Bob, welcome in. How are you this afternoon? Yeah, doing great. Thanks, guys. Bob, I know this is a this is a big question I'm about to ask you, but who do you know for sure are sellers right now in Major League Baseball as we get close to the deadline? Well, San Francisco Giants for sure. I mean, they got the they're going to be the most active. I mean, they got the you know, number one starter in Baumgartner, number one reliever in Will Smith, and a couple other relievers, you know, in, in Tony Watson and uh, in Sam Dyson. Uh, you know, can't see the Royals, but they don't really have anything people want uh toronto blue jays with stroman and and sanchez uh you know stroman's still you know been hurt sanchez has had a, a bad year uh you know those two teams jump out the most as far as in detroit tigers uh you know uh boyd you know boyd mate would, would probably drab they probably uh get more prospects than any other pitcher on the market just because you have for so many years of control those are the teams that, that jump out the most, you know, that, that have people want. Yeah, and, and Bob, a, a couple weeks ago or a week and a half ago, uh, I know you had connected the Twins and the Giants in discussions and, and just piecing multiple things together. It sounds like the Twins are very interested in both Will Smith and Madison Bumgarner. Is it likely those guys go in a package because they're both rentals? I, w I would think separate. I think you just okay. get more separate-wise. And there's a debate among uh, GMs and uh, executives who would bring more, Will Smith or Baumgartner. You know, in the playoffs, you know, how, how long does the starter really go? In Baumgartner's case, you know, probably five innings, six innings max. Where Will Smith, you could probably pitch every day of the postseason with the off days. So a, a guy like Smith may be more viable. Talking with Bob Nightingale of USA Today here on the Score North Twins show. Bob, did you expect more activity by this point when when they went with the single trade deadline and no waiver moves after July 31st? Or is this activity about what you expected? About what I expected. I mean, you know, the August, the August deadline I thought got overrated just because the only guys that, you know, got moved in uh, August were the guys who cleared waivers. And 99% of guys who cleared waivers... You know, nobody really wanted. So and it was like a, a lot of relievers and that sort of thing. So we'll have less, fewer trades now because of that. And I, and I just think because of August, you know, you won't see the second-tier relievers, you know, the second, third-tier starters get moved. Yeah. Bob Nightingale with us here. And, uh, and you've, you've, been, you've, you've been around the Twins for a long time. And you've been through the, you know, you've, you've covered them from a national perspective when Terry Ryan was here. And I think it's fair to say that the Twins have never been the splashiest team when it comes to big trades and giving up <laughs> prospects. And there was a there was a time at the Metrodome where it just didn't make sense to give up prospects for for uh, for big time bats or arms because you're you didn't have uh, you had a bottom five payroll, et cetera. So I guess my question to you now is: with the new front office and with where the Twins are at, how likely do you think it is they make 
a big splash here in the next two or three weeks and give up a couple big time prospects. So I don't give. I don't think they give up. I'm not sure anybody gives up a couple big time prospects. Just nobody does anymore. You know, the one thing about this trade market is, and yeah, there's no David Price out there. There's no CC Sabathia. Uh, you know, uh, Baumgartner is probably the best out there. Can he pitch in the American League? You know, we don't. We don't know. He's not the same Baumgartner as old, but still, you know, with his resume, a uh, fire competitor. Uh, so we'll see. I, I'm not sure. There's a guy out there, you know, except for maybe Boyd in Detroit, you know, because you got him for so many years, that anybody's going to give a top three or four prospect for. I, I really don't. And uh, I, I do expect the Twins. I think, you know, the Twins, there's more incentive now to be more active just because Cleveland is closed in. So you're not just talking about getting a guy to help you in October, but a guy to really help you in August and September as well. We were talking with Tom Hamilton, the uh, Indians announcer, in the first hour of the show, Bob, and and he's he was talking about the possibility that they may shop Trevor Bauer and and try and pull off a deal similar to what the Rays pulled off last year with with Chris Archer, but they won't go into full fire sale mode. He also said though that he doesn't see any way that they go into buyer mode. What what do you think is the course for the Indians be, between now and the trade deadline? Oh, yeah. I mean, the Indians are right there. You know, with that starting rotation, you know, they can uh, be a serious threat to the Yankees or Astros in the American League playoffs. So I, I do think they'll be a buyer. I'm not sure a huge buyer, but at least, you know, grabbing some pieces for sure. I mean, obviously, they're not trading Brad Hand now, Brad Hand now uh, you know, Minneapolis kid, because they, uh, they're, they're right there. I mean, they still think they can win the division, not the division, certainly a wild card. And I, and I agree with Tom on the uh, – on the Bauer thing, the only thing, reason it makes sense, if they get a young start in return, that can help right now. You don't trade Bauer for prospects, but you also realize that Bauer's trade value, but, you know, may never be higher. You know, he's not, he's not popular in that clubhouse. So uh, it's not like a whole lot of teams be jumping at Bauer either. But you do have him for a year and a half instead of just a half a year. Bob, do you think Trevor Bauer actually goes year to year once he hits free agency and only signs one-year contracts? <laughs> I kind of do. I mean, you know, talking to his agent, he says, well, I'm going to try to talk him out of it. Yeah. You know, somebody offers him $150 million. Are you going to trade that in for, you know, 25 or 30? But, you know, he's such a different guy. And I think now he's paying himself in a corner where he almost has to do it. Or else he comes across as disingenuous or, or, or a liar. But okay, okay, you say you're going to do this, so keep on doing it. It just feels weird that, like, I mean, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here, I think, with everyone uh, in this conversation, but somebody offers to, to basically give you generational money for the rest of your life, and I know he's not exactly thinking about kids and family, but why would you ever turn that down on the chance you might be able to make more money if you add it up and stay healthy over, like, seven years? It's so weird to me. I mean, you'd have to have complete faith in yourself that you're going to stay healthy and that you're that talented. Now, Tim Lincecum did that. Uh, you know, went to year to year, turned out a big time contract from the Giants late in the career, which he, you know, I'm sure he regrets. But he did it and, and made a fortune through arbitration. So I think that's what Bowers thinks. And you know what? Instead of signing a five year contract that pays me twenty a year, I'll go year to year and get me a contract that pays me thirty a year. Talking with Bob Nightingale of USA Today here on the Score North First Place Twins Show on Score North. Bob, I asked you to start this, who were the sellers in Major League Baseball, and you gave us three or four teams. 
How much do you think that list grows? Does this become a, a buyer's market, or do you think it stays a seller's market and we only have a handful of teams that are really out there trying to move pieces before July 31st? I think it's a seller's market. I do. I mean, uh, what's the stat that said the All-Star game? It's uh, what, 20 teams are within five games of a wild card bird. You know, Arizona, for instance, you know, there's the game, game and a half out, you know, and uh, they don't know what to do. There's so many teams on the fence here for these two weeks to be telling. Uh, but, yeah, I, I just think, uh, you know, it's not a star-studded trade market at all. And I, I just think the guys that are available, they'll keep holding up for a high price and see who caves in at the end. A little bit like last year with, with, with the uh, Tampa Bay with Chris Archer. Finally, they got some team to meet the asking price. It was the Pirates. And, uh, you know, they'll, they'll, re- they'll regret it for the next 15 years. Yeah. Uh, last couple things for you here, Bob. Just a quick two-part question. Right now, who who are your two favorites to win the World Series right now as of today? Well, certainly in the, uh, the National Dodgers are, are just so much better than everybody else, not not even close. So I think it would be a major upset for the Dodgers not to get to World Series. In the American League right now, it's a, it's a coin flip between the, uh, you know, the Yankees and the Astros. I think the Yankees are a better overall regular season team. But come postseason time, you know, when you can throw Verlander and Garrett Cole at you, you know, it's tough to beat. Yeah. So part two of the question, for the Twins to be one of those teams that you just said, what do they have to do over the next three weeks? I would think they'd have to get a top starter, maybe get a reliever too. And, they, uh, you know, that would be a, a bomb gunner, a, uh, you know, a Bauer or, or, or a Stroman. You know, not that you know, those, none of those guys are, you know, Number one guys, you know, Bauer has pitched like that more recently than the other guys. But I, but I think they have, you know, one of those horses to be, you know, to have a serious chance. You'd have to get one of them. Yeah. That's Bob Nightingale from USA Today. Find his work at usatoday.com. And our guest for the last few minutes here on the Score North Twins show. Really appreciate it, Bob. Thanks a lot. Sure, my pleasure. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right. Good stuff, man. I, Bob's an info guy, man. Bob's got info. Oh, he does. He's yeah. tied in. He's tied into Major League Baseball. Let me ask you the same question. What do the Twins have to do to put themselves in that in that category of World Series favorites? Fire the music, Manny. Because I've got five more on my list. Oh. And if they if they were to pull two of these players from this list Any onto their two actual of the top team. Five or two anywhere on the list. Well, let's fire this pecking order back up here. For those who weren't tuned into the first segment yeah. of the show, this is Phil Mackey's pecking order of the top ten. What should be trade targets for the Minnesota Twins? And uh, and if you're just joining us, nine and ten, I'm kind of putting in a separate a bin recap. here. It's Trevor Bauer and Brad Hand, but I just don't see the Indians trading those guys to the Twins in the next two and a half weeks when they're trying to beat the Twins. It just doesn't make sense. I could see them trading Trevor Bauer, just not to the Twins. So I've got I've got those guys nine and ten. Shane Green, eight. Ken Giles, seven, and Sean Doolittle, number six. And that brings us to the top five players. I think the Twins should have their eye on the next two weeks. All right. And any two of these five. And the Twins are world, serious World Series contenders in your eyes. It'd probably have to be a mix of starter and reliever. Okay. But yes. Right. Preferably, you get th- if you get three of these guys. It's a wrap. If you get two relievers and one of these starters. Make the trade and game over. plan the parade. Make the trade and plan the parade. <laughs> right. Make the trade, plan the parade. Make, Make the, the trade, plan the parade. Make the trade, plan the parade. I like that. It's good stuff. <laughs> Thank you. Number five, Madison Bumgarner. We all know the story here. He's a three-month rental. He's pitched in three World Series, including a World Series MVP, and quite frankly, he's one of the greatest 
postseason pitchers in baseball history. I don't think it's hyperbole to say that, right? I mean, yeah, you could go back in different generations, but does anyone have that type of cred over a three World Series stretch that no. Madison Bumgarner has? No. And the counter argument is he's not the same guy anymore. And if he was the same guy, he wouldn't be fifth on my list. He'd be number one or number two on my list. I don't need him to be the same guy. I just need him to be better than like Martin Perez. Right. Or better than like Kyle Gibson. And and maybe able to tap into some of the resources that the Twins front office has brought to the organization. I, I'm more confident in the Twins to squeeze toothpaste out of this tube the next three months than the Giants. Sure. I mean, the Giants have run their course. Right. They were great for a number of years. You could say that they had the closest thing to a dynasty with every other year championship since the Yankees in the early 2000s, late 90s. Uh, but that organization has fallen behind the times, and I think the Twins could take whatever Madison Bumgarner is now and bring him closer, maybe not quite to the level he was four years ago, but something closer to and that. And we, we do have a recent history of guys at similar ages and stages in their career as Madison Bumgarner, who went from teams that have fallen on hard times and are maybe a little bit behind the times in terms of the way that they do things yeah. and went to better and more forward-thinking franchises. And those franchises unlocked something in them, both uh, Cole Hamels and, of course, Justin Verlander. Yeah. In the last three years, we've seen that play out. And I don't see if, if the Twins see something that there is to be unlocked, whether it's in his in his in his motion or whether it's in his approach to batters. We could see a resurgence from Madison Bumgarner when he gets here to Minnesota. It's amazing how fast sports life comes at you. The Giants and the Tigers, didn't they play each other in a World Series a few years ago? 2012. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So like not that long ago. Right. Six, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And now those are dumpster fire franchises. Tell Oklahoma City Thunder fans how fast oh, life comes man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they got Chris Paul. They got, one of, they got a Hall of Fame point guard now. What do you mean? They got Steven Adams. Or maybe he has no legs left, Chris Paul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On his last knee braces, I guess. All right, number four. Marcus Stroman. So you get a year and a half of team control. You get the Toronto Blue Jays ace. I don't think he's the ace of your staff necessarily. I would put him and Jose Barrios. So you have Stroman ahead of Bumgarner. I do. All right. And it's because you get a year and a half of team control of Marcus Stroman. I get that. So if I whiff this year, at least I get him for next year and I can make I can make another run. And I get to go into next year and my rotation starts with Jose Barrios and Marcus Stroman. See, for me, the way that I would rank my pecking order, I didn't make one, but if I was to make one, the way that I would rank it, first and foremost, what are they going to do for me this year? Okay. I'm making this move to win a World Series now. Everything beyond that, that's the cherry on top. And and I would say... Marcus Stroman having another year of control, great. But if I think Madison Bumgarner gives me a better chance to win a World Series this year, that's the guy I want. And you could make a case, and I might even do that, Marcus Stroman is is sort of a a modern pitch to contact guy. There aren't sure. many true pitch to contact guys left, but he's not a big strikeout guy. He's a weak contact guy, so he's not the prototypical ace. But he's pitching better than Madison Bumgarner is this year, and he's doing it in the American League East. Right. So you could even make a case for just this year, Marcus Stroman is better than Madison Bumgarner. Yeah, for sure. I'm just saying, if if I came to the conclusion and I, I was making the determination, Madison Bumgarner, Marcus Stroman, and I said. One guy, and just leave the names off of it. A, pitcher A, we have control over him through next year, but pitcher B gives us a better chance this year. Yeah. I want pitcher B. I think if, if I could go back in my brain here and say, how much did I weigh future team control? It certainly wasn't like 90%. Okay. But it's probably like 40 to 50% if I, if I get a chance to have a guy, and you'll right. see it as the list goes on here. Number three on the list of players I think the Twins should play for in this pecking order, uh, trade for in this pecking order, Kirby Yates. 
He's the closer for the Padres. He actually has 30 saves already this season. He's been ridiculous. He's on pace for like 60 saves. Unbelievable. He has a 1.15 ERA. No one's ever heard of him because he's Kirby Yates in San Diego. And the Padres have been all right, but for him to have 30 saves... How many wins do the Padres even have at this point? They're kind of hovering. Are they like a couple of games over 500 maybe? Somewhere in there. I'm pretty sure they have like 45 wins, and he's saved 30 of those games. That's that's unbelievable. That's pretty amazing. That's sick. And and he's maybe been statistically the most dominant reliever in the entire league the last two years. And you get this guy for a year and a half. Again, doesn't matter as much to you, but... If I get it, if he's no, dominant this year, the fact that he's dominant now and you have control over him through next year—that's yeah. that's the ideal move that you could make. The, pod, the Padres are indeed forty-five and forty-five, and he saved thirty of the forty-five games. That's unbelievable. So, and he would—he'd have more <laughs> save opportunities with the Twins if they just put him in as the closer, which which they might if they trade for him. Uh, also worth noting, he comes from the Rays pipeline of pitching development, which is always a reliable. Mm-hmm. Jake Odorizzi came from that pipeline. He is 32 years old, so he's a little bit on the older end of some of these other guys, and he's never pitched in a playoff game. I don't know how much that matters. He's just he's dominant in the regular season. You just have to just hope that that translates. Yeah, and he's got to do it eventually. Yeah, I don't mind this being the first place that he does it. You want to hang on to your last? I year? got two more. You yep. got two more on your pecking order. Let's come back and go through, and then you guys can tell me if you agree, disagree, and you know if you guys are listening out there too. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Who would you have in your top two or three players the Twins should target the next couple weeks? Or tweet us at SKOR North. It's Mackey's pecking order. It's the score North first place. Twins show live from Bomba Soda, the land of 10,000 rakes. The magic number is 69. We'll wrap up that pecking order and wrap up the score North first place Twins show right after this on 1500 scorenorth.com and the score North mobile app. The score North Twins show also available on demand on the score North mobile app, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. All right, time for another Score North download on Manny Hill. This edition of the Score North download is brought to you by My Pillow. Make the trade, plan the parade. That is the new hashtag that Rami Makhlouf is now pushing as of about an hour ago here on the Score North First Place Twin Show. Print the shirts. Uh, Let us know what you think of that hashtag. Make the trade, plan the parade. Uh, Tweet us at Score North. Tweet Rami at Rami is tweeting. Tweet Phil at Phil Mackey. Tweet me at Manny Hill 84. Tweet Judd at Jay Zolgad. Just tweet us, tweet us all. Let us know what you think. Make the trade. We want your attention. Plan the parade. We yes. want your love. As we, uh, we return to the Score North first place twin show. Can we? I know we're going to go over the last two targets I think the twins should have their yeah. eyes on here yeah, in yeah. this pecking order. But I'd rather just spend the next 15 minutes <laughs> attempting to uh, listen to Rami explain tennis. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling Phil during the break. You're watching Federer Nadal? Federer that Nadal match? is the center of the sports universe right still now. Going it's on. still they, going they on. They started at 10.30 this morning. And uh, I told Phil, like this, and I'm not saying this as a knock on tennis or to insult tennis fans by any means. It's never been my sport. And I, this just is not, it's not on my, like it's on our, on our TCL TV right now. But as far as me as a fan and my interest, it's not on my radar at all. <laughs> and I don't even know how scoring works in tennis. That's how far off my radar this is. Phil was trying to explain it to me during the break. Yeah, uh, it, it's funny. Like I asked Rami quite simply, who's winning right now? <laughs> and I said the big number on the right said Nadal forty, Federer thirty. So I'm going <laughs> to say Nadal is winning. I will, <laughs> I will tell you this though: when I was a teenager into my early twenties, this was right in my wheelhouse. Semifinals of Wimbledon, like 
this was this was these two guys did these two guys hold a a special place this 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 i love these two guys i'm a huge roger federer fan yeah Uh, you know and the doll too the first guy that i fell in love with just like as a fan watching tennis was gustavo Curtin. remember that guy that brazilian guy with the big fro oh yeah yeah Gustavo Curtin from like the late 90s why do you gotta make it difficult though why can't like a point just be a point and when you get to a certain amount of points you win the set and then you have a set and then whoever has the most sets at the end of a match wins like it is weird well these two guys had a uh, epic, epic Wimbledon final about 10, 11 years ago that went, the fifth set went a really Yeah, didn't they have time. to go, didn't they have to like stop it and start it again the second, uh, on the next day? That was John Isner. That was right? Isner, yeah. Oh, that's Isner right. Isner okay. uh, other guy. But these guys, they had a really great Wimbledon final. I want to say like 2008 or 09. This is match that, point here for Federer, by the way. It doesn't it go up by 15... Somebody just won something. Nadal, <laughs> Nadal just stayed alive. We'll keep you posted. Does it like when you win? You like when you win a serve? You get like you get fifteen points, you right? Do, yeah. And then and but then it goes up. But then when you get to thirty, it only goes up to four. It, it yep. only goes up to forty. And zero is love. Yeah. Roger Federer, by the way, <laughs> will be Roger. I thought Federer, one was the loneliest number. By the way, I was we'll zero be, love. We'll be thirty-eight next month, or right after this match ends, which is taking forever. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. These are the last two targets. Let's fire up the uh, the packing order music here once again because we've gone through so far eight of the ten targets. I think the twins should have their eyes on Federer. Just did something. Uh, he, just, he 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 it's almost won. Federer. He's got yeah. he's got match. I should point be in here. the booth for this. <laughs> <laughs> he's got match point again, basically. All right, all right. Uh, numbers nine and ten were the Indians pitchers. Eight was Shane Green. Seven Ken Giles. Six Sean Doolittle. Five Madison Bumgarner. Four, Mar- uh, four Marcus Stroman. Three Kirby Yates. Number two, Giants closer Will Smith. So straight up rental. You'd only be getting Will Smith for the next three months in postseason. He's one of the best lefty relievers in all of baseball, and the Twins really only have one viable left-handed reliever. But the best part about Will Smith and Taylor Rogers is they can get both righties and lefties yeah, out. Right. They're not specialists by any means. And so Federer you, just won, by the way. There you go. He did? Yes. Cool. Rami's long national nightmare is over. <laughs> <laughs> the tennis match has come to a conclusion. So Will Smith, number two on this list, which means number one. I got to say, both these guys younger than me, better looking, in better shape, more athletic. I have better hair. Better hair than both Federer and Nadal. Know, both of them. I don't know. Nadal's got pretty good hair. They're both man. thinning. Both thinning. Yeah. Kind of badly. Federer used to have the amazing locks. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's this is the one area that I've passed them in. The, when, they used to have everything over me. When he was, like, 19 and beat Pete Sampras for the first time at Wimbledon, like, he had great hair. Federer did. Flowing locks. Yeah. Yes. Can you guess who number one is on this list? Number one on your list. Manny might be able to see it on my computer here, so don't look. Yeah, I can't see it. No. Okay. I'm trying to just do process of elimination, and who haven't you mentioned yet? See, Bauer is off. The latest rumors I saw were that the Dodgers were sniffing around on this guy, and the price tag was going to be pretty, pretty high. Probably should be pretty high. Hmm. I'm drawing a complete blank. Tell me who. Reliever. Reliever. National League. All-star. Two and a half years of team control. He's 27 years old. All-star the last two years. Felipe Vazquez. Closer for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Mm. Pittsburgh Pirates would be sellers, though? Yeah, well, should be. I mean, that division is very tight. Yeah, but it's the... 
It's I, the I know, Pirates. I know. They, I don't, they should be sellers. I think it's going to come down to the Brewers and the Cubs. Yeah, ultimately. But that, that division is so tight that will that will that be clear by the time July 31st rolls around? That's the question. You're going to need some help here. But there are a lot of rumors that the, the Dodgers are talking with Pittsburgh about Felipe Vasquez. So he's left-handed. So similar to Will Smith, you get a, a left-handed dominant end of the sure. uh, bullpen kind of a guy who can get both out. But for those of you who've even never heard of Felipe Vasquez because he plays for the Pirates, the last three years, Felipe Vasquez, I'm going to give you his numbers, okay? <coughs> Just the last three years combined. An ERA of 2.16, 12 strikeouts per nine innings, <laughs> and he's pitched 183 innings over two and a half years, which is horse-like, and he, uh, he saved 78 games for the, for the Pirates. He would mm. be instantly, by far, your best relief pitcher. If you pulled the trigger on that, yeah, make the trade arm. and plan, plan the, parade. the parade. I like it. So Felipe Vasquez. <laughs> now, some people, I saw a couple people on Twitter here, probably uh, numerous people listening. Why is Noah Syndergaard not on your list? Um, you can make a case. I just feel like the Mets aren't just going to trade Noah Syndergaard. You're going to have to give up one of your three best prospects for Noah Syndergaard. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm willing just, to do that. And I don't know. I'm back and forth on that. I would I would rather give up a non-Royce Lewis prospect for if I could give up non-Royce Lewis and Alex Kirloff prospects and get some combination of Kirby Yates and Marcus Stroman, I'm I'm doing that. Mm, again, I'm looking at how do we win a World Series this year. If that means giving up some of my top prospects, if there's a guy out there like a Syndergaard, say that you think puts you over the top, pull the trigger. How willing, Make the trade and plan the parade. How willing are the Mets to trading Noah Syndergaard right now, though? The Mets are probably too stupid to realize they should rebuild. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> probably. You're right? probably right, but it's like... They're for sure too stupid. I, I almost feel like you would have to go banging on their door. If you want Noah Syndergaard, you'd have to go banging on their door saying, Hey, we want Noah Syndergaard. Falvey we'll give Levine, you this and that. Falvey and Levine should do their own analytics study on the Mets and go to them and just paint how bleak a picture they're facing. And say, look, guys, it only makes sense for you to be... St- you don't even have to sell them to us, but I'm telling you, you should be selling. Yeah. We're, we're here, we're here we're as here consultants help, right, right now. Exactly. We're here to help yeah. you guys. We've done a complete analytical autopsy of your organization, and I'm telling you, it's time to sell, guys. Let us help you. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing if you just got... If, if you are Theo Epstein, or or you're the Astros front office, right? And you're like, or you're, you know, you're you're uh, Andrew Friedman with the Dodgers in yeah. the World Series. And you're like, I still want to run the Dodgers, but I can make a lot of money as a consultant, just <laughs> helping the Tigers. Listen, you guys, come on, it's time, come on. Just it's time. To pull the plug out. already. Blow it up and start. It I know over. it's come hard. On, enough of this. I know you don't want to let go, but pull the plug. Uh, speaking of trading Royce Lewis, Alex Kirloff, or Bruce Dar Gratterall, this report came out from the Star Tribune. Our friend Lavelli Neal the Third from the Star Tribune. I'm just going to read the synopsis from MLBTradeRumors.com. With July 31st approaching, the American League Central leading Twins have reportedly shown interest in an array of pitchers who are potential trade candidates. The club has been connected. To Madison Bumgarner, Will Smith, Marcus Stroman, Ken Giles, and Kirby Yates in the rumor mill the last few weeks. However, if the Twins are going to make win-now moves this month, it doesn't appear they'll come at the expense of any of their absolute best prospects. Shortstop Royce Lewis, outfielder Alex Kirloff, and right-hander Bruce Dargraderall are, quote, off-limits, according to Lavelle Enil III. Um, now, the Twins 
do have one of the top 10 farm systems, depending on which publication you look at. I think all of them have them as a top 10 farm system. And they've probably got guys who are ranked 5th, 6th, and 7th on their list that would be like number two on other teams' lists. Sure. So they're in a really good spot to say, hey, we're going to hold on to these three dudes, but Brent Rooker and Trevor Larnick or whoever else, whatever prospects you want to name in the top 10, those might be the equivalent of another organization's number two prospect. So something to think about. But this goes against, and I'm not saying that Lavelle's report is wrong, GM's, Nothing against Dad Levine, but they often have to lie to us when they're in situations like he was like he was on Wednesday joining the Score North first place twins show. I asked him if there were any off limits players, any any guys who were on a no trade list. And he said that there are certainly guys. Nobody was naming names. I knew we couldn't do that. He knew we couldn't do that. So we both entered it very surreptitiously and sort of dancing around the subject. He said there there are guys who were not shopping. We're not calling and actively saying, hey, do you want player X? Do you want player Y? Do you want player Z? But there is nobody who they wouldn't listen to an offer for. So if somebody called and said that they were interested in Alex Kirilov for Royce Lewis and were offering a player on on par with what they think those guys are worth, they would listen to that offer is how is how he described it to us. That there, there are guys they don't shop, but there's nobody that they wouldn't listen to a trade offer for yeah. do you get the sense those are two very different things do you get the sense that thad levine well let me back this up terry ryan i covered terry ryan as a beat writer i did uh for a couple of years i hosted a weekly show with terry ryan when when the old 1500 espn had the twins play-by-play rights and so i got to know terry pretty well in a professional way just sure. like, like what he would answer what he wouldn't and terry would would rarely if ever lie he would she would shut certain things down and say I can't talk about that. Yeah. But one thing he also never did was use the media as like a strategic pawn. Right. He would never come on a show and purposefully say something that would get out there and MLB trade rumors and generate buzz. And I know that it's very obvious that a lot of other teams front offices do that. Now you've been around, you've you're you're a Cubs fan, you follow the Cubs, you've mm-hmm. covered the Brewers when you were doing shows in Milwaukee. Now you're here, you interviewed you've interviewed these guys multiple times. Do you get the sense that Thad Levine and Derek Falvey, Thad says more than Derek, that those guys strategically put stuff out there just to get feelers? No, I don't get that sense. I don't get that feeling when I'm talking to him. And both of those guys, and this was the same with Doug Melvin, the former Brewers GM, when I was working in Milwaukee. They are All three of them will walk right up to that line of what a general manager should say and how much information they should reveal. But I don't think it's ever done with the intent or with the purpose to put misinformation out there or to even put stuff out there for the aggregator sites to sort of create some sort of narrative or create some sort of story and see how that can how that can affect the market yeah. or or help their their purposes. I think you yeah, they seem very open and honest up to a certain point and then they have to sort of mm-hmm. shut down the thread cuz I saw the reason it pops into my head too is I saw an article on MLBTraderMers.com about the number one guy on my should trade for list, Felipe Vasquez, closer for the Pirates. And Neil Huntington was quoted, I think it was on uh, one of the sports stations in, in Pittsburgh, is saying, he's not available for trade. We envision him closing games for us and closing games in the playoffs over the next two and a half years. There's no way that's their actual stance behind the scenes if you're the Pirates. Now, the Pirates are under 500. It is a, a division that's up for grabs right now. But there's no way, if you're looking at your organization objectively, that you would say, zero chance we trade 
a 27 year old reliever with two years left on like they could get a couple major prospects for that guy and they might at some point yeah and to me I hear Neil Huntington say that or I read that quote and I think he knows better he's planting that so that the price goes up when teams call on Felipe Vasquez I do think the Pirates are are a good baseball team if the Pirates are in the AL Central I think that they're they're right there with the the Twins and the Indians battling for this division that division as a whole is the NL Central is just beating itself up those are that's those are five good teams the Reds are in last place and they're four and a half games behind yeah, because those and they are, have a run differential of plus 27 those are five on different Different levels of good, but those are five good baseball teams. I think, and but on the other hand, I don't see how in the next two and a half years the Pirates close the gap on on the Cubs and or the Brewers to where they're like, yeah, we're a playoff team and we need Felipe Vasquez to, for the postseason. I don't. Now maybe they don't see it that way. Maybe they have a different view of things. They have a lot more information at their fingertips than we do. But I don't. I don't see that path. Just like we were talking the other day about the path to relevance for the Timberwolves and how I I just don't see it. I don't see that for the Pirates. There's there there are too many teams to leapfrog yeah. for them to say that they're in that position. Sports self awareness is is a very difficult thing for some franchises yeah. to have the to have the self you know you know who showed the most sports self awareness that I've seen in a long time Who's is that? Sam Presti in Oklahoma City. Yeah. So they're sitting mm-hmm. on Russell Westbrook and Paul George, but they're looking at the Western Conference. They know that Russell Westbrook is kind of a Tasmanian devil who's not the He's a he's a he's a wildly successful individual player who just doesn't really mesh well like in a team. He's not the guy that's gonna he's not LeBron James and he's gonna elevate a bunch of guys. Right. And they could have said when the when the Raptors and the Clippers were calling them about Paul George, they could have easily said, bleep off. We've got we got two dudes. We yeah. just signed Paul George. But sports self awareness. We see Paul says, George winning playoff games for yeah. us in the next two and a half years. <laughs> right. This is what Oklahoma City could right. have said. Right. And instead they they had self awareness. They said and, and, and this is where I'm going to tie it back in. Pirates, trade Felipe Vasquez to the Twins. Have some sports self-awareness. You're not on the level of the Cubs. You're not on the level of uh, the Brewers. Maybe not even the Cardinals. Um, but I just, I don't get the sense. Sometimes I don't get the sense that the Pirates have sports self-awareness. I think the Pirates think, oh, we're going to we're gonna just push this rock up this hill and magically be as good as the Chicago Cubs over the next five years. I still think so that show trade some sports for, self-awareness. I still think that trade for Chris Archer last year was really weird. It was. It was really, really weird. But that was the, lack, the, that was the lack of self-awareness that Mackey is talking about. Yeah. That's a team that said next year we're, we're going to be right in the thick of this thing and we're going to need a pitcher at, at the top of our rotation. That's what they were thinking when they made mm-hmm. that trade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The ultimate lack of sports self-awareness, there was a Mariners team from probably 12 or 13 years ago that won like 88 games and made a splash and the, they didn't make the playoffs. But they were like a minus 30 run differential. And that's when they traded all of their top prospects. They traded Adam Jones to the Orioles. They got like George Sherrill and uh, Eric Bedard or something and lost 100 games the Did next year. Did that not year. work out? Lack of sports self-awareness. This has been the Score North First Place Twins Show live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 ranks. The magic number is 69. That's Phil Mackey. Manny Hill, other side of the glass. I'm Rami. Make the trade, plan the parade.